This is Mike Roth. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages podcast. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, and interesting folks who live here in the villages to give perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 o'clock. This is Mike Roth here on Open Forum in the Villages. I'm here today with Dr. Cheryl Cleno. Thanks for joining me, Cheryl. You're welcome. Before we get started, I always like to put a joke in the show for my grandson, Evan. So let's see if you can handle this one, Cheryl. What does a storm cloud wear under his raincoat? Water. That's close. It's thunderwear. That's cute. Okay, Dr. Cheryl Cleno was born and grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. She enjoys swimming and golfing. How long have you been a resident of the village of Cheryl? Since 2018. Okay, and she's a member of the Women's Doctors Club. That's a club for any doctor. could be medical or a PhD. And she volunteers and is a donor at the Marion Therapeutic Writing Association. It's funny because up until the time I was 50, I didn't understand that there could be such a thing as therapeutic horseback riding. Cheryl was an emergency medicine physician at the at Walton Beach, Florida. She received her medical degree from the University of Minnesota Medical School and has been in practice for more than 20 years. Dr. Cleno is a member of the Alpha Mega Alpha which is a medical honor society. Currently, she holds a Florida medical license and is a member of the American Academy of Family Practice. And today, our topic of the conversation is going to be centered around what is a medical emergency? When should you actually call 911? Cheryl, could you tell our listeners what are the signs of an emergency? Yes, I can. First, I'd like to say that emergency rooms are not designed for routine illnesses. They use a triage system done by a triage nurse so that the most critically ill patients are seen first, those with life-threatening illnesses like heart attack and stroke. When you have an illness or injury, you need to decide how serious it is and how soon to get medical attention. It pays to think about the right place to go. If in doubt, call your provider. Here I will discuss signs of emergencies or things that can cause death or permanent disability. And I want to add, remember, never drive yourself. Always call 911 so that life-saving measures can begin the moment you are picked up by trained ambulance medic. Now, can I ask you a question here? Yes. Uh, because once upon a time, I was picked up by an ambulance at a rec center because I had an accident. I hit my head into a wall. Long story how that happened. And I said I wanted to go to the village's hospital, which was closer. And they said, no, we have to take you to Leesburg Hospital. Then I said, no, let's go to the emergency room on Route 44, which was closer than Leesburg. And they said, no. What should a patient do, do in that situation? That's a good question, Mike. I spoke with the Public Safety Administration here in the villages, and they told me that if you have a life-threatening emergency, that the ambulance will take you to the nearest hospital. They said that if you fall and need an assist to call 911. In mm -hmm. your particular case, you fell and you were conscious and able to speak. Yes. In that particular circumstance, they should have taken you to the closest facility closest hospital facility, which in your case... Would, would have been the village's hospital. And and that ultimately should have been the place that you were taken. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the next set of emergencies that someone should be calling 911 for? Okay. The following. Heart attack. If you're having severe chest pain or pressure or a squeezing sensation, pain that may radiate to the jaw or the arm, shoulder or neck, that's a time to call 911. If you feel lightheaded or 
If you're having difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, even without chest pain, call 911. Women sometimes may have atypical symptoms such as pain between the shoulders, symptoms such as stomach pain or indigestion, nausea, or vomiting all can be signs of a heart attack. That is the time to call 911. Stroke or transient ischemic attack. Transient ischemic attack mimics a stroke but doesn't last more than for a few minutes or an hour. This is an emergency. It is a warning sign. That is a time that you call 911. And I want to give you an acronym. Remember this. Be fast. Be stands for balance difficulties, sudden loss of or staggering, leaning to one side. E stands for sight change, sudden loss of vision in one or both eyes or your side vision or above the midline. F for facial drooping or an uneven smile, drooling. You may want to ask the person to stick their tongue out and if it deviates to the side, that's a sign of a stroke. Mm-hmm. A stands for arm weakness or numbness or if the person is feeling like their leg is numb and they're constantly shaking it. S stands for speech, slurred or garbled. If you're having difficulty understanding them or they're having difficulty swallowing, T stands for time to call 911. These are all signs of a stroke. Remember, be fast. Remember that stroke risk increases with age, smoking, diabetes, uncontrolled high blood pressure, heart disease, and heavy alcohol alcohol consumption, severe burn, electric shock, lightning injuries, loss of breathing, poisoning, seizures, throwing up blood, Mm -hmm. smoke inhalation, suicidal ideation, severe allergic reactions with swelling, hives, and trouble breathing, high fever with stiff neck and headache, a sudden onset headache, that's like a thunderclap headache, headache after a fall that may go away and return is an emergency. So a headache that goes away. And may come back. How quickly? Within an hour or two after a fall. Mm -hmm. That is an emergency. It may indicate a bleed in your brain. Mm -hmm. Severe pain anywhere in the body, such as back pain or flank pain, could indicate a tear in the big vessel called the aorta in your body. That is a time to call 911. Mm-hmm. Any kind of fall. And we do have a lot of people who fall here in the villages. Yes, and the public safety department, in speaking with them, wanted me to stress that you should call 911 if you need an assist, not the public safety number, 911, if you need an assist if you have fallen or need an assist at all. They're here, the 911 ambulance crew is here to help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when the ambulance comes, what should you bring with you to the emergency room? That's a very good question. If you haven't already placed some of these numbers in your phone or made a list, you should bring your provider's name and phone number. You mean your 
primary care physician? That is correct. Okay. List of all your medications, doses, and frequency, as well as any supplements that you take. Mm -hmm. A list of your allergies, your pharmacy address and phone number, your driver's license or some form of ID. Mm -hmm a credit card. Mm. Do not bring any valuables. Bring your phone charger in case you're admitted to the hospital and have your spouse or significant other if there is time. Bring an overnight bag. Mm-hmm. When you say those things, list of medications, dosages, and times, that gets pretty extensive. I'm saying this now because if you're listening to this podcast, you should compile this list of medications and doses now before you have an emergency. One thing the doctors always ask me is, what are you allergic to? Yes, that's very important that you have your list of allergies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there any additional information that you need to share with emergency medical personnel? Absolutely. You need to know your medical history. If you don't have a a good memory, make sure that you have a list of your major medical problems, such as heart disease, history of MI, stints, open heart surgery, kidney disease. What stage of kidney disease are you in? History. Cheryl, let me ask you what MI is. I'm so sorry. Heart attack. MI stands for myocardial infarction. You you doctor guys and ladies use those big medical terms, and us mere mortals don't understand them. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. My history of cancer, the kind of cancer that you had, and whether or not you're in remission or are you active. History of lung disease, history of peripheral vascular disease, history of any kind of stomach disorder or stomach bleed. You're alcohol history, your tobacco history, and then focus on the number one reason you are in the emergency room and repeat to each staff person the reason that you are there. And again, your major major medical problems from the triage nurse to the staff nurse in the ED room that you are assigned. And always ask to see a physician and be sure he knows your medical problems and your allergies. Do all emergency rooms have physicians or are sometimes they staffed by PAs? Yes, they are sometimes staffed by PAs. In in an emergency situation, should you trust what a PA says? PAs are supposed to be monitored by emergency room physicians. Mm -hmm. So, So make sure that If you are seen by a PA, that the emergency room physician knows about your case. Cheryl, could you talk about the FDA warnings on common over-the-counter painkillers like ibuprofen and Motrin, sometimes marketed as Advil? Yes, I can. If you have kidney disease, the FDA... And if you're elderly, the FDA has been strengthening its warning about painkillers like ibuprofen, which is the same thing as Motrin. It's marketed under names like Advil. They are called non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Aleve is the same thing, and its name is Naprosyn. These 
Over-the-counter medications do raise the risk of heart attack and stroke, particularly in the elderly. They can raise blood pressure by retaining salt and water mm-hmm. and can directly harm the kidneys and the heart. And it's important to remember that cough and cold remedies can contain these medications and consumers should avoid taking multiple remedies. In addition, when you're in the emergency room and you have kidney disease, do not allow anyone to give you Tordal. Tordal is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. It is toxic to the kidneys, and one dose can cause renal failure. It also comes in pill form. Wow. Yeah. T- just to just to make a note, Tylenol is not a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So Tylenol is okay. Yeah. Okay. After your time in the emergency room, what does the patient need to know about the discharge process? The discharge process, your ED physician will review with you, or should, what was done and why. The laboratory values will be reviewed with you. Their meaning, the tests that were done, and the results of any radiographic studies, such as x-rays, MRIs, CT scans. And you will be told to follow up with your primary physician. And there, there is a reason for that. And if you're unclear about any of the results that were discussed with you, you need to ask questions and make sure you understand what was prescribed to you at discharge and why. If you have a significant other with you or spouse, have them make sure about the dose of the prescription that was prescribed to you. Make sure it's correct. Again, if in doubt, always ask. And When you do get home and follow up with your primary, make sure you check out the prescriptions with your primary to make sure that they're okay for you to take. Mm -hmm. Here in the villages, Cheryl, there's been a lot of talk about which hospital to go to, and there's a general feeling perhaps not unwarranted, that the Villages Hospital and or the Leesburg Hospital aren't the best quality places to go. What do you think about that? I looked up uh, Ocala Regional, UF Leesburg Regional, and UF Health, the Villages Hospital. And this is what I'd like to say. First, Ocala Regional is is away from us, you know, that's quite a ways. So it's only 30 miles. Yes, but in a life-threatening emergency, again, um, our public safety administration did detail with me specifically that our village ambulance service is going to transport you to the nearest hospital in a life-threatening emergency. Mm-hmm. So that would not necessarily be Ocala. That would be unusual to be transported. Ex- correct. You'd have to live in Marion the, County. That's right. And then it wouldn't be the village's yeah. transport anyway. But this is what I'd like to say about um, HCA Ocala Regional. It's a t- 288 bed. It is a level two trauma center. Which means? Which means it has 24-hour immediate coverage by general surgeons, as Mm -hmm. well as by specialties of ortho, neurosurgery, ER, anesthesiology, radiology, and critical care. That's important. Yes. And also, this is our region's only 
Comprehensive Stroke Center. So if you have a stroke and you have a choice, go to Ocala. Well, it's it's 30 minutes from here. Let me just go on to say that UF Health, the Villages Hospital, mm-hmm. is, is a certified stroke center. It was ranked by U.S. News and World Report as a high-performing in stroke and received a 5 out of 5 score. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you have a choice with a stroke. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be taken by the village's ambulance transport service if you're having stroke symptoms to the nearest facility, mm-hmm. the nearest hospital facility, not freestanding ED. And that'll be the village's hospital. And as I pointed out, they're high performing in stroke. Mhm. That's important to know. It is really important to know. And UF Leesburg Regional Medical Center was awarded the Advanced Certificate for Primary Stroke Center, the Gold Award. And that that just indicates that they performed for stroke recognition criteria at least 24 consecutive months. Mm -hmm. So all three facilities are great in their performance in stroke Mm -hmm. care. What about other conditions, whether it be kidney stones. Well, let's let's focus here on heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UF Health Villages Hospital, according to U.S. News and World Report, scored three out of five, and so did Ocala Regional, and so did Leesburg. So they're all about the same in terms of their performance for heart attack, which mm-hmm. is average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any other life and death medical conditions that people need to could make a choice of which hospital to go to, or if, if they're transported to one, could they be asked to move to another hospital? Not to my understanding. If you're having an MI or a stroke, again, I was told by the Public Safety Administration, you're going to be taken to the nearest hospital Mm -hmm. if you live in the villages. But if your loved one isn't satisfied with the conditions at the hospital, what what should someone do? If you're, again, I'm going to repeat this again, if time is heart muscle, time is brain muscle, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be given life-saving measures the minute the ambulance picks you up and you're going to be taken to the nearest hospital and you're going to they're going to call the emergency room if you're having a stroke Mm -hmm. they're going to give them a heads up in route Mm -hmm. so that they can get ready for you in receiving at the emergency room Mm -hmm. and that's the best that i can say okay very good let's see do we have any uh, let me think for a second sure let me ask you a one last common question. We have a lot of new residents moving into the villages. What criteria should they use to find a good primary care physician? I mean, sure, the first question is, are you accepting new patients? I would talk with my neighbors, and then I would look at the credentials. Mm-hmm. Credentials. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh, if someone has any questions about emergency medical procedures, uh, can they get a hold of you, or where should they go? Where should they look on the web? I would refer patients to the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. Great. And that'll take you to the place where you get some additional information. That is correct. Great. Thank you for being with us, Cheryl. Thank you also, Mike. It was my pleasure. Remember, our next episode will air live Friday at 9 a.m., or should I say pre-recorded, but that's when it'll be released on our regular subscriptions. Bonus subscribers can get early access to episodes. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me 
at mikeroth at rothvoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, send me an email at mike at rothvoice.com. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by Roth Voice 2022, all rights reserved.